Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that you have carried us through this week. And now as we approach the end of the week and we um, are getting closer to gathering together to worship you on Sunday, God, we just thank you for how you have sustained us, how you have provided for us, and how you continually and will continue to do so, God. And so, Lord, as we read your word today, I pray that it would come alive to us, God, that you would open up our eyes, open up our minds, open up our ears to be able to receive what you have for us this morning through your word. God, I just pray that we would not just be hearers of your word, but that we would be doers of your word. And that's what we know brings true transformation. And so we just love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Philippians chapter four. Philippians is actually one of my favorite books because it actually talks a lot. Um, If you haven't noticed already through the study as we've been going through it in our soap, Philippians talks a lot about having joy and rejoicing um, in the middle middle of whatever circumstance you find. So the words that you hear a lot or you see a lot Paul writing in this letter is joy, having joy, rejoice, uh, choose joy. Uh, do everything without grumbling. So, and it's interesting because Paul wrote this letter as he was imprisoned, right? And uh, we know in chapter one, he talks about how he was enchained and how he knew that he was enchained and that it didn't matter because these chains that he was in served for the advance, advancement of the gospel, which shows that no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, God could use any circumstance he wants to, good, bad, ugly, wonderful, to advance us in his purpose, his will, his plans, and uh, nothing will stop or hinder what God is trying to do, right? So in chapter four, uh, Paul is bringing this letter to a close, and he says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Yoda, Yodia, not Yoda, Yodia, saying Star Wars. Uh, I, I plead with Yodia uh, and I plead with Syntyche, Syntyche, however you pronounce these Greek names, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement, Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the, bot, the book of life. Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts 
and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or worthy of praise, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Verse 10, I rejoice, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share of in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid for the for then once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment. I have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To God, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 21, greet all God's people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. 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 Um, Doug, I'm going to give you. Where's my guy, Doug? I thought I saw Doug on here. Is Doug on here? He is on here. Okay. For some reason, I can't find your picture to give you. Huh. Nick, if you don't mind, I'm going to give you co-host if you can. Uh... Oh, there we go. I found, finally found Doug. There we go. Make Doug the co-host. If you could take uh, attendance for me, Doug, I'd greatly appreciate it, man. Or at least get a head count. All right. Because I don't see James on here. Um. Okay, chapter four of Philippians. A lot of awesome truths in here, okay? Uh, the chapter begins with a very, very awesome word in the in the Bible, and that is the word, therefore, right? You've, I don't know if you've heard me ever tell this joke, but whenever you see the word, therefore, in the Bible, you have to find out what it's there for, right? So because it's tying a thought to a previous thought. And so I want us to go back a little bit, just a couple verses. Let's go to um, 
let's go to verse 15 of chapter 3. And it says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that that too God will make clear to you. Verse 16, only let us live up to what we have already attained. So Paul, before this, was talking about how if there was anyone that could be confident in the flesh and their ability to do to be righteous in their own works, it was Paul. Because Paul was like the Jew of Jews. He was the Hebrews of Hebrews. He was a Benjam, uh, a Benjamite. Uh, he was a, an expert in the law. Like if anybody knew about righteousness or right standing, it was Paul. So he says, hey, if anybody can boast in the flesh, man, that could be me. Nevertheless, Paul said he could not boast in anything but the work of Jesus, right? And so he's saying, let all those who are mature have that in mind, that our righteousness does not come from our own efforts, from our own works, from our own deeds, from our own uh, standing with God or our own knowledge or anything like that. No, it comes in the finished work of Jesus. Jesus Christ is the only way that we can attain resurrection to new life, right? And then he says, let everybody who, who is mature, they should have these, this view of things. But verse 17 says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have, and just as you have us as models, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. So in other words, follow the example that was set before you and choose to live right. For as I have often told you, verse 18 of chapter three, for as I have often told you before and now, I tell you again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. So he's saying there are people who hate the cross, who hate the gospel, who hate Christianity, who will persecute us. Right. And their minds are on earthly things. But he says in verse 20. This is where the therefore ties in, right? Verse 20, he says, but our citizenship is in heaven. We are citizens of heaven and we eagerly await a savior for there, uh, from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So, there are the enemies of the cross. They will persecute us. They live according to earthly things. But Paul says, but we are citizens of heaven who live with this hope of one day Christ returning and glorifying our bodies and resurrecting our bodies into new life, eternal life. And then he goes into therefore. So in light of the fact that we are not citizens of this earth, we are citizens of heaven. We are just visitors here on earth. We are to ha have the mindset of heaven. We are to live for heavenly things. We are to live eagerly awaiting the salvation that is going to come through Jesus Christ when he returns on earth and he takes us up and ascends us into heaven. He says, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way. Right. So he says, in light of the fact that you are citizens of heaven, 
in light of the fact that you are eagerly awaiting the return of the Lord, in light of the fact that you should be living for heavenly things, in light of the fact that salvation is provided by Jesus and Jesus alone, stand firm in these things. Why would Paul say that? Because obviously there are going to come, there are going to be things in your life that will come to distract you, that the enemy will send to pull you away. There are earthly desires that will want to pull you away. There are there are uh, circumstances that will want to shake your life up. There are, there are problems in your life that will arise. And Paul's an example of that. He wasn't chained. He was imprisoned. And even then, his faith is standing firm. To stand firm means to be unshaken, to be unmovable, to choose to stand um, without any uh, form of wavering right? Stand firm in your faith. And he says in verse one, stand firm in the Lord. I would say that the reason why so many of our lives are so easily shaken, so easily shattered, so easily moved, uh, we get so easily discouraged is because we are standing in our own faith. We're standing in our own strength and not standing firm in the Lord. If we are going to make it through this life, if we are going to make it through the storms, if we are going to make it through the circumstances, if we are going to be able to stand firm and not be shaken, we can only do so by the power of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? So that's why he says, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. Now, what is the way that he's talking about, right? He continues, stand firm to the Lord in this way. And in verse two, he says, I plead with Iodia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. So one of the ways that you stand firm in the Lord is you fight for unity. Right? Stand firm, you fight for unity. He says, I want them to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companions, to help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. So stand firm. How, how do we stand firm in the Lord? Number one, we fight for unity. Number two, we serve one another. That's why he says to help them. I urge you. I urge them to be united, to be of the same mind. But I urge you to help them as they have contended with me. In other words, Paul is saying, hey, these women have been a blessing to my life. They have served me in the ministry. They have contended with me in the gospel. Now, I want you to serve them just as much, right? And he says, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. So I want you to walk in unity, be of the same mind and serve one another, serve one another, right? And it says, verse four, rejoice in the Lord always, right? So how do we stand firm? Number one, we fight for unity. Number two, we serve one another. Number three, we choose joy. We choose joy. He says, rejoice in the Lord and look at the word, always. You know what the word always means? Always. <laughs> in every situation, in every circumstance. So that tells me 
that joy is not something that I feel when things are going well. Joy is not something that I feel when things are only working out for me. Joy is not something that is dependent on my circumstances, but it's actually, in fact, dependent on our Savior. I'll say that again. Joy is not dependent on our circumstances. It's actually dependent on our Savior. That's why the Bible says, in your presence is the fullness of joy. Our joy is found in the Lord. The more time we spend with the Lord, the more focus we set on the Lord, the less we get distracted, the more, the more easier it is to choose joy because joy is a choice. It is not a feeling, right? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always, I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice when it doesn't feel good. Rejoice when things aren't going easy. Rejoice when life gets hard. Rejoice. You can choose joy. If you want to write anything down in your notebook, your journal, whatever it is you're using right now, in the middle of your circumstance, write down, you can choose joy. I can choose joy. I don't have to choose joy anxiety. I don't have to choose worry. I don't have to choose panic. I don't have to choose depression. I can choose to rejoice in the Lord because even though my circumstances may suck, my God is good. Even though my circumstances are, are crappy, my God is faithful. My God continues to be seated on the, on the throne and I can rejoice in the fact that I have this hope. This is why Paul says this, right? Because he started off with, therefore, because I am a citizen of heaven and I am eagerly awaiting the return of Jesus, I can easily choose joy knowing that this life here on earth is temporary. My circumstances are temporary. The eternal life that God has for me is in eternity is eternal and everlasting. And I could choose to be joyful. I could choose to walk in joy because I have this promise and this faith in this promise that God will return and that I'm heading in a to a place where where I am a citizen of a place where there is no sorrow, there is no there are no bad circumstances, there is fullness of joy, there will be no tears, there will be no weeping. I can be standing in the pleasure, the joy, the the uh the, the fullness of the joy and the blessings that God has for me when we enter into eternity. So to stand firm, we should fight for unity, we serve one another. We choose joy in all things, right? And then Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to all. I want you to I want you to circle two things. Your gentleness. Your gentleness. Right? It, it, uh, the, the, the verse in the Bible says you got you got to be wise as serpents, but meek as doves, right? Your, your, your gentleness. We got too many people who think they have to confront everybody about every little thing, right? Who need to argue with people. Those aggressive Christians that just want to shove things down people's throat. No, Paul says, let your gentleness be evident and circle the next word to all. 
wait a minute, Paul, you must be talking about those people that make my life easy. Uh, no, Paul, you've got that mistaken. You must be talking about the people that I get along with. You must be talking about the people that, that, that don't give me a hard time. You must be talking about the people that believe like I do. No, no, no. Paul says, let your gentleness be evident to all people. The people you like, the people you don't like, the people you love, the people you don't love, the people that you want to see and run into at Target, and the people you try to hide from in the next aisle over, right, in Target. Those people, let your gentleness be evident to all. Watch this. Why? Because the Lord is near. In every situation, in every circumstance, the Lord is near to us, right? The Lord is near. Verse 6, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, watch that. Do not be anxious about anything anything but in every situation by prayer and petition write this down somewhere right the next time you find yourself in a situation where your anxiety wants to rise up where your worry wants to rise up where you want to start to panic right write down pray don't panic pray don't panic how do you stand firm you pray, you don't panic, right? That is the difference that we have between people who believe in Christ, who have put their faith and trust in Christ. We have the ability to go through hell literally and say, this too will pass. This will not destroy me. This will not be my end. I don't have to panic. Because the Bible says not to be anxious about anything, but in every situation, pray, don't panic, pray, and petition with thanksgiving. In other words, choose to be grateful and full of gratitude in every situation you find yourself in, right? Uh, and present your requests to God and look look what happens as the consequence this is how we stand firm when we pray and don't panic when we choose to be faithful and not full of fear when we choose uh uh faith and not anxiety or worry right it says and the God of peace the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When you pray and you do not panic, you bring everything before the Lord. You give thanks and you have a grateful heart and you don't grumble in every situation you find yourself in. Because as we learned from Philippians chapter one, God could use every single situation in your life for the advancement of his gospel, for the advancement of his purpose, which tells us that he could even use our problems 
for his good. Right? So maybe God's not trying to take you out of the situation. Maybe the situation you find yourself in is the very situation God wants you to be in because it's in that situation that he is most glorified. Right? It's in that situation. It could possibly be that in your situation, he is most glorified. Because look, when when people see you living this life of faith, when, when people see you not panicking and they see the gratitude that you have in your heart in every single season, they see this peace that doesn't make sense, right? And sometimes it doesn't even make sense to you. You ever been in a situation where, where you're going through a very difficult season of your life and people are like, man, how are you so like, how are you doing so okay with this? Honestly, I, I've, I've even asked Pastor Brendan this, this question and, and with various different things that, that come up in the church. And I'm like, man, I, I just admire how, how level-headed and how much peace you walk with. It's this peace that surpasses all understanding. It does not make sense. But it is a peace that can only be found in Christ. It is a peace that can only be found in God, right? When we choose to pray and not panic, God gives us this peace, this peace that comes from God and God alone. It transcends all understanding and it will guard our hearts and our minds, right? Prayer, prayer that we present to the Lord. Living a life of gratitude gives us this peace from God that transcends all understanding and it guards our hearts and our minds. We don't know how, how we get through it sometimes. We don't know how we make it. We don't know how we're still standing. We don't know how we're still full of, full of joy. Well, that's because it's a peace that can only come from God that transcends all understanding, right? And that peace is a promise from God. Can I just encourage you? Whatever situation you find yourself in, that peace is a is a prom. You can have peace in the middle of your problems. You can have peace in the middle of your situation, the middle of your circumstance. The question is, will you choose fear and anxiety? Or will you choose faith, trust, gratitude, and a persistent desire to seek God in all things? Because that's what makes a difference, right? And he says, finally, brothers and sisters. Now, here's how you combat this, these anxious thoughts and these worries, this concerns. He says, finally, brothers, how do you stand firm? He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Can I ask you, what are you constantly meditating on? Are you constantly thinking about your problems? Are you constantly thinking about your worries? Are you constantly thinking about your situations, your circumstances? Because as I said, time, I always say this. You'll hear this come from my mouth all the time. What you focus on, you will magnify. What you focus on, you will magnify, okay? The things that you constantly think about is what you will make greater in your life. 
So if your thoughts are on negative things, if your thoughts are on unhealthy things, if your thoughts are on the frustrations of your life, the problems of your life, the circumstances of your life, you will make those things greater than God. What you focus on, you will magnify. So you need to take those thoughts captive and you need to say, no, no, no. I'm not going to think about how fearful I feel right now. I'm going to think of how faithful God is. I'm not going to focus on the lies of the enemy. No, no, no. Because the Bible tells me to, to, to think on whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is admirable, whatever is righteous, whatever is excellent. Those are the things that I'm going to set my thoughts on because whatever I focus on, I will magnify. Whatever I focus on, I will make great. And my focus will be set on the Lord. That's why, that's why David would say often, I have set my gaze. I have set my eyes on the Lord. I have set my face as flint as I will not look at anything else but the Lord, right? Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, these are the things we ought to be thinking about constantly, right? And he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. All right, so let's let's go back. How do we stand firm? We fight for unity. How do we stand firm? We serve one another. How do we stand firm? We choose to pray and not panic. How do we stand firm? We choose to live a life of gratitude. How do we stand firm? We choose to put into practice the word of God. We choose to put the word of God into practice. Paul said, anything that you have learned or received or heard from me, Put into practice. If you want to write down in your journal, practice makes perfect. Put it into practice, right? There, listen to me. And I say this with all the love in the world. Hear my heart. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that phrase because I hear Pastor Brendan say it all the time. Hear my heart, right? Hear my heart. You can read this cover to cover. A million times over. But if you don't put any of it into practice, you could come onto the soap every single day and hear the amazing teachings that Pop, Jason, Nick, Pastor John bring to us every single day. But if you don't put this into practice, you will never see a difference in your life. If you don't put this into practice, it is a waste of time. That's why Jesus often taught, let's not be just hearers of the word, but it is being doers of the word that makes our life able to withstand every storm. Read Matthew chapter seven. It's being doers of the word that makes your life more storm proof, more weather resistant, more storm resistant, right? So that's why Paul said, you want to stand firm Put everything into practice that you have learned from me, received from me, have heard me speak or seen in my life. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. All right. So fight for unity. Serve one another. 
Uh, rejoice, choose to choose joy in every situation. Uh, pray, don't panic. Be uh, choose a life of gratitude. Right. Um, put everything you've learned into practice. Practice what you learn. Practice. Put it into practice. Whatever you learn, put it into practice. Right. And that, then Paul goes in and he talks about their willingness to be generous. Right. He says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned to me, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances learn to be content in the Lord. Right. And he says, I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to be, to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, the good, bad, and ugly. My question to you is, are you content in the Lord? Are you content in the Lord? Right. He says, I learned to be content in every situation, whether felt, whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Right now, I love this verse. If you want to know one of the verses that has been taken more out of context in the Bible, it has been this verse right here. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength does not mean that I can sit on a bench and bench press 400 pounds because I'm trusting God to give me the strength to do it. As strong and as muscular as I look, come on, man, come on, man, right? I can do all things through Christ. Doesn't mean that I can take on every challenge. I want. <laughs> Pop, don't laugh at me, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, doesn't mean that I can just do anything I want whenever. That is not what that means. Look at it in context. Paul is talking about being content in all things, whether he has or is lacking, whether he's in prison or he's free. And then he says, I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength. Christ gives me the strength to find my contention, my contentness in him. And I am able to be content in all things because it is the strength that the Lord gives me that enables me to do so. That is the context of the verse. I am able to be content in good, in bad, and great and wonderful on the mountains, in the valleys, whether I have a lot or I don't have much, I am able to be content and to do all these things through Christ who gives me strength. And then he says, yet it was good for of you to share in my troubles. I'm going to skip down. He talks about how the Philippians were generous in his time of need and they should continue to do so. Why? In verse 19, he says, uh, I'm sorry, let's go to 18. He says, I have received full payment and I have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Aphrodite, Epaphrodite, the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus right? Why should we live generously? Matter of fact, I would even, I would even dare to say 
that one of the ways that we stand, that we're able to stand firm is by living a generous life. The reason I say that is because, because Paul tells them but by that by living generously, because they live generously, you don't have to worry about anything because he says, my God will meet all of your needs. And I want to emphasize the word needs, not once. He will meet all of your needs according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus, right? How do we, why, how can we stand firm? We fight for unity. We serve one another. We choose joy. We pray. We don't panic. We fix on our thoughts on things that are righteous, things that are true, things that are pure, things that are holy, right? And we live generously, man. We live generously. And uh, this, this uh, sermon series that we're in, The Blessed Life, we're learning about that. We're learning about the blessed life and how we can continue to be faithful to God with our promise, with our treasures, with our tithing, our offering, and live this blessed life because we know, we believe, and we have faith that we are not citizens of heaven. We don't live for earthly things. Like It's not about our money. It's about whether or not God has our heart and we can trust and believe that when we are generous, as we are generous, God is faithful to provide all our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. I flip and love you guys. Can I just pray for you real quick? Lord, I just thank you for this group of amazing people, God, who have uh, who have taken on the discipline of waking up early in the morning to 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 read your word, to to hear of your word, and to uh, to to learn how they could apply it to their lives. God, I just pray that you would bless each and every one of them. God, I thank you that in you we have the fullness of joy. I thank you that no matter what situation you give us the strength to stand firm in our faith, that we don't have to be easily shaken, that we can have control of our thoughts, have control of our minds to set our focus on you and the goodness, the faithfulness uh, of everything that you are and everything that you will always be, God. And so, Lord, I just pray that we would be faithful unto you in the way that we live, that we will not live like those who are enemies of the cross, but God, we will be faithful to live for your glory and your glory alone. God, give us the strength to continue to stand firm. As Paul said, you give us the strength to do all things through Christ Jesus, whether it is in good or the bad, in lack, want, or in plenty. God, you give us the strength to do it all. And so we just love you. I pray, Lord, for those who might be going through a difficult time, God, that you would encourage them, that you would strengthen them, God, that they would learn that no matter what problems they face, they are still right in the middle of your presence and you are with them in everything. God, I pray that you would uh, bless each and every family, bless each and every home, bless their finances. And God, we are excited about this weekend and being in your presence. God, may we see an increase in the souls that are coming into your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.